0: but we have to we have to do something with all the with all the candlelight and the good smellies and the stuff and we've been you know uh, last night we had quiche for dinner and you've been cooking and the house has been smelling all good and warm and neat you know we have to you know there's got to be some kind of a it's going on 9:24 a.m saturday december the 17th 2022 i'm bill I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. There you go. Cause uh it's the hippy dippy holiday season, Diane. It's the it's kind of a hippie parade of of, you know, colours and lights and flickering bits and you know, it's kind of all kind of wintry outside and it's uh
1: yeah we're going to go on our trek for
0: we're going on our trek for holiday greenery uh, greenery yes this morning we're going to be going there and doing that and so it's going to be. you know we're going to take the sleigh uh (laughs) and we just had the sleigh serviced because you know you got to do that before you take the sleigh out you got to make sure it's got that the runners are waxed and that everything's you know the upholstery hasn't you know been gotten at by the rodentia uh while while it's been parked in its uh in its off-season uh, area and uh you want to be sure that the that there no vagabonds have gotten in there and and taken some of the bells and the and the you know little the uh, ornamentation the scroll work on the original uh Uh, Thing is still there and that uh, Fred the mule
1: I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip
0: uh, is is healthy and ready to go and has not got that digestive problem he had last year Ah, and uh, so yeah so that we can go out and return with the uh, appropriate um, uh, uh, decorative bits you know and I would say that overall Diane uh, when one examines it, that it's been a uh, a challenging but fluffy week here in Lake Abundance. Over to you.
1: I don't even know whether I'd call it fluffy. Fluffy sounds like, you well, know. Well, there's
0: been some fluffy bits. I mean, fluffy in terms of not challenging. Oh, I see. You know. Okay, So,
1: yeah. There well, I bits. think it was a wonderful week. Though.
0: It was a wonderful week. Starting with the, well, you know, last week we did we recorded the show on Friday night because Saturday was going to be busy, busy, busy with the uh, with all kinds of good fluffy stuff.
1: And the reason why was because of Alice's commencement that day. Yeah. But we had planned the whole day out. Right. Uh, because we were going to go down and pick up your mom. Right. And we also wanted to to get a bouquet for. Yeah. For I th- Alice, I thought
0: I would you know have this moment where they would where Alice would go up to get her hood, her master's degree hood, and I would jump up out of the audience and run up there and embarrass the heck out of her by giving her this, this bouquet of flowers. See?
1: When Bill had first mentioned this, I said, what we should do is get it at Rhapsody in Bloom.
0: Rhapsody in Bloom.
1: Because uh, Which is a
0: little shop right yeah. there on Sixth Avenue in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And it's just a converted house. And the woman, Denise, who's the owner proprietress of the place, it's one of those kind of shops where you go into and it, it's basically a, an overdose for your eyes. For, it's an overdose for the senses because she's got little things everywhere. And most of the little things that are everywhere are things that she is, herself has made.
1: Yeah, every time that I've gone there, I've always... I said, it's perfect because we could buy some Christmas gifts down there. Yeah. Uh, as uh, many of you know, we like to frequent as much as we are able uh, independent gift stores and yeah, right. for gifts because um, we're great appreciators of people who are out there doing their arts and doing what they uh, love to do. And yeah. Denise in addition to having this remarkable store, um, and her her main thing is flowers. I mean right. she's a florist but but her whole place is is a
0: it's a bouquet. It's,
1: it's a work of art. Yeah. I mean she has so many artistic tendencies. The flower bouquets that she makes are like nothing you would get in a in just a stock standard type of thing ftd they're all artistic representations and i called her up and told her that we were going to be doing this and asked her whether we could i said i don't know what kind of bouquet you would do for this and she said oh it's a presentation bouquet so i said that sounds exactly like what we want to do so she made up this gorgeous bouquet and we shopped around the store uh for all sorts of little wonderful things, napkins, these gorgeous cloth napkins that she makes. They're two-ply. And, um, she
0: makes pillowcases and pillows and uh, napkins and towels and just all kinds of stuff. And she also makes desserts.
1: And w- I had already planned that we would have...
0: Coffee and a dessert. Coffee and
1: a dessert while yeah. we were there yeah. because... I said, man, I'm not evening any breakfast. Let's just go down there and, and we'll have some treat. But the treats that she had, I wasn't even sure whether she was still doing it right. because she's fairly new at opening up after the pandemic. We uh, had
0: gotten to know Denise because she used to have musical evenings there where she would invite like 20 people. Uh, people could call and make reservations for these things and she would serve a full dinner to everybody and then there would be a concert and... and I was down, I played down there two or three times, and uh, it was always just a very special event uh, for a small group of people because it's not a big place, but uh, it was a great place to play music.
1: And she used to have uh, some of the dinners out in the garden mm-hmm. and so anyway, uh, she had not a whole she used to have a lot more uh, treats. Different kinds of treats, I think, than she had this time. But she had three offerings. One was blueberry scones.
0: Which I ordered.
1: One was a sherry cake, which I said, I want to try that. And then she actually brought out uh, gratis from the house. Yes. uh, The other treat, which Which was a blueberry rum chocolate concoction that was... It was just. Rich and dancing. It was an explosion an, of flavor. It was an
0: orgasm for the taste buds. They all was? were, although they I
1: have were. to say.
0: The sherry cake was spectacular. The sherry
1: cake was. I've
0: enjoyed blueberry scones, but her scones were like melt in your mouth. good. They
1: were. I'm sure there
0: was no butter at all in the scones.
1: No, none. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: They were all, you know, fat free, calorie free uh, <clears throat> offerings. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, sherry. The sherry cake was phenomenal. It was. Very light, but the flavor was... So rich. So incredible. And uh, we were talking to Denise later about how much we enjoyed it, and she said... uh, she said that she, the the recipe, she is actually willed oh, to yeah. one of her friends yeah, yeah, because yeah. she will not give the recipe away. And I thought, yeah, you should not. Yeah. She's actually thinking about making that more her business in the future right. is uh, making sherry cakes and the the other dessert that I don't remember the name of it, but having those be something that she provides to restaurants. And right. I was thinking, oh, man, that would be a great business. Yeah because they're beautiful and they're so scrumptious.
0: She's 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 just an incredible uh engine of uh creativity and I just celebrate Denise uh, completely and she's made a a one of a kind kind of shop out of Rhapsody and Bloom. And So if
1: you're uh, ever down in Tacoma. Yeah,
0: or if you need flowers for anything. Look it up, Rhapsody and Bloom. It's on 6th Avenue in Tacoma right in my old neighborhood you know right by the goofy goose and gray lumber up there and you
1: know so that was the beginning of our day and so it was already a wonderful day by the time we got to the commencement and i think that the the thing that was so wonderful besides just total pride in in alice's accomplishments was first of all plu is my alma mater i haven't been back there and decades right. so it was pretty amazing to see the the campus again myself i hardly recognized because as you can imagine if you haven't been around a place for decades there's <laughs> there's not as four much.
0: decades let's say <laughs> well i've been
1: there i think i visited maybe i want to say 20 25 years ago i went there for some other event that right. somebody was having But
0: um... the thing about Alice's commencement is it was just for her cohort uh, getting their master's degrees, so there was only twelve people, uh, and it was in a a smaller room. But the dean spoke, and the head of the the, her program spoke, and a couple of the graduates spoke, and it was like it was designed to be uh, a, a very special event, and they announced right up front that. When each graduate came up to get their hood, um, they would stand there with the dean and the head of the program on either side, and the families could approach and take as many pictures as they wanted. They said, "We'll just let you take as long as you want to celebrate each graduate as they are presented their hoods and stuff like that." And so it was, uh, it was kind of I, I thought I was going to you know be the be the dad who was going to jump up and present his graduate with these flowers and create kind of a scene there. That had been my plan. But it, it was, the whole event was designed for that. There were a lot of bouquets of flowers and there were balloons and all kinds of different things that people were presenting to these graduates. So it was just a, it was a, an event designed for a certain amount of formality but mostly just for celebration and fun for the graduates and for their families.
1: The so. dean stated at the very beginning that the reason why they felt that this was necessary is because it's such a lot of hard work that these people put in. And he didn't want it to just go by like, a, you know, sweeping. Oh, yeah, now we're graduating. Yeah, it's like and a going line on. of people
0: yeah. going across the stage, getting a diploma. And right. Turning their tassels and next. Kind of yeah,
1: thing. I actually participated, I actually planned some of those events uh, when I was in chemistry with the graduate students because they had a fairly large graduate program and they also wanted to honor people so that it wasn't just lost in the huge commencement programs of the University of Washington right but this was the smallest of uh, the commencement events that I'd ever attended and it was really made special by that that intimacy yeah. and um yeah. and the speeches were fascinating they were not droning uh really just a a lovely event it really was and then alice had wanted to go out with the family for a meal afterwards and she decided upon
0: the antique sandwich company in ruston so my mom and alice's mom and me and diane and uh, alice's brother james all went to the antique sandwich company for a festive uh little celebration after the event which was great too
1: alice said it just seems like an us kind of a place yeah yeah and it is it
0: is an us kind of a place i can't think of a better place in tacoma to go to celebrate anything and uh because you can make the antique into whatever you want i w- i was uh I, I, my mom said later after these words, you know, she, I almost stood up at the antique and said, Can I have everyone's attention, please? You know, <laughs> so I always want everybody to acknowledge that Alice Davy here has just received her master, And get everybody to give Alice a round of applause. I said, Mom, you should have done that. You no, know, I chickened out at the last minute. <laughs> you know, so anyway, it was, it was a fun day all around. And Alice has worked, I, you know, I, I can't even imagine. What she's had to do to have been in this program during the pandemic, uh, where most of what she was doing was had to be done virtually, and, uh, and I can, yeah,
1: yeah, I can, they were saying that this was because uh, many of the people had never even met each other until this commencement. Right. So some of
0: the students who had been in the same cohort for two years had never been in the same room with each other until. The commencement. So it was it was special in a lot of different ways and it had a lot of layers to it of specialness. And uh, it was it was great.
1: It was great. So and and it was then great to see we, t-
0: Tammy at the antique and,
1: and We went down to the antique again on Thursday, on Thursday for yeah. the Ancient Victories open mic, which has was the first one since, <laughs> since the, the pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah, again. So they had been Uh, off for uh, for two plus years and and that was wonderful too. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was an amazing event. Got to see some old friends and uh, got to play a couple of songs, which was a struggle, but I got through them okay. And uh, we got to see T. R. Stewart, who uh, we have known from the Antique since you know back in the good old days in the mid '80s. And, well uh,
1: we knew all of these people yeah. from the good old days back well, in the i Well, i have
0: chris mentioned the victory store on sixth avenue where victory music got its name and and uh stuff i that was the first time I in my life i ever saw chris lunn in the flesh was when i went with my friend ron to see his brother to a concert at the victory store and there was chris lunn up there setting up the microphones this long-haired skinny dude and uh you know, that's how I got involved with yeah. Victory Music originally.
1: Or knew of its Well, existence. you know, I hadn't seen Chris since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So, you it's know, true. there's been a lot of people that we were able to see. And um, I would say that the, the highlights of the evening were uh, T.R. Stewart. Yep. Uh, for me, just because he had actually written a song...
0: About the antique. About the
1: antique. Yeah. And
0: he gave greetings from Neil Woodall. He had talked to Neil down in Brownsville, Texas that that day. And he said, Neil Woodall sends his love to everybody and says hi. Yeah.
1: Which was a lovely way to start. And, yeah. and I haven't heard T.R. perform in person for a very long time. Yeah. And it was just lovely. But the the song that he wrote, and he didn't get through it without
0: yeah it's a new song that's still kind brand of brand new hasn't really found its final form yet but
1: but I was yeah. I was teary eyed during yeah. it because talking about all these people particularly about Tammy the angel of
0: right.
1: of the antique and um
0: and TR is making his living now up in the Meadow Valley and he is uh, part of a group that does horse packing trips for people and TR makes his living by being the campfire singer you know he's got his guitar there and when at the end of the day they've been hiking and with the horses and stuff like that and uh they'll all sit around the campfire in the evening and tr will serenade them. i just think God, talk about a guy living the dream you yeah because tr has always been kind of a cowboy guy yeah and now he's living the cowboy life up there and taking people on horse packing trips and in the in the beautiful country up there in the middle
1: well the reason why he wrote the song is that he said that one time he was at the antique and he saw his daughter and his granddaughter in front of the the dessert case you know they were and he saw his granddaughter playing and he thought oh my gosh three generations yeah uh and that's what we were experiencing right, too right uh, we were the, I my mean, we don't had, have three generations. Yeah, we but did. we got, had
0: my mom, my, and well, us, but, and my daughters. But my my we were the
1: ones kids. that um, yeah. introduced your mom to I mean, you know, your yeah. mom was introduced to the place through you through yeah. rather than the opposite.
0: Well, okay.
1: But anyway, yeah. that was a lovely time. And then the poetry break was pretty spectacular this last week, too, because you were reading the poetry of Nils, Nils Peterson. Peterson
0: Yeah, who we got to meet and uh, yeah it was, it was great it felt, it felt very special to be able to honor him a little bit just because he's been uh, well he's been a big contributor to the poetry break even before he, he knew he was you know because you were picking things off of his Facebook page and sending them yeah. into the poetry break so that we could read them, and he's an amazing human being and,
1: uh... Well, his perspective in poetry is so interesting to me. Yeah. And it was so wonderful that he could actually be there and hear it. Um, he actually had written in the comments that were flying around that it was wonderful for him to be able to hear his own poetry read by somebody else rather than having to read it himself. Right and i think it was wonderful for him to be able to also see comments that people were making on the poems during the time Yeah. so yep that was wonderful too yep so those were the wonder wonder parts those were
0: the fluffy parts the challenging parts have to do mostly with my my hands and arms which are not uh functioning as they once did and i'm kind of having to come to a reckoning with my own <laughs> pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee my own music career uh, as it seems to be winding down that's, boy. A, that's, that's a good coffee hard uh, passage uh, to make and to uh, admit to and to uh, accept uh, but there's really nothing much else to do except be accepting about it and uh, hopefully will play when I can and, and uh, have more opportunities still to Sing my songs. Um, uh, in the meantime, I'm I'm going to put a uh, collected lyrics of Bill Davy book together. That's what I'm going to do, because it's not like I can forget about all that. It's it's in me, so it will continue to be in me.
1: Well, it's interesting because I think about the people that were at the open, open mic, mic yeah. and most of them were talking about. Various disablements <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you noticed, but a lot of people were sitting while they were playing this time, yeah, and so a lot of the people that I remember that who used to stand, yeah. many people were now sitting, and um, yeah, everybody's been having issues, so it's part of the the arc of the life that we're in right now
0: right yeah so, we're on the far side, we're on the back side of the mountain. What are you Um, gonna do?
1: So for music today, we're continuing our little foray into the uh, seasonal music that is. Thank you for
0: including me in the wee there because you're doing all the research and all the you know digging around. I'm just hanging back like usual and eating the quiche and the and you know the and the the sweet potatoes and stuff like that, enjoying what you've found.
1: Well, I. I love I have always loved Christmas music. I I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I used to listen to some of the the carols in July yeah. because and I'd always give the excuse that I was in choir and I had to learn the songs mm-hmm. and I had to learn my harmony parts and stuff like that. Yeah. But in in point of fact I just loved a lot of the melodies that uh that were there. Okay. So you might remember that I posed the question um i think la- maybe last week or previously that that i was saying you know a lot of these melodies are are have been around for so long and i was wondering how long some of them had been around right because i had i had understood that a lot of christmas carols were or melodies that the, that were just plucked.
0: Yeah, were adapted from some other thing. Right, yeah. to,
1: to create the Christmas carols, but that they had previously had other lyrics or whatever. And found a fascinating story about one of the songs that we're going to include. Um, and the way that I came upon this song, by the way, is that I've been listening to this wonderful album by Thistle and Shamrock that I discovered a couple of years back called Christmas Cayley and it's just a marvelous group of um, Celtic music favorites from a variety of sources and one of them was Cherish the Ladies yeah. and so I was looking at their their offerings uh, on another album uh, that the Cherish the Ladies had put out for Christmas and wanted to choose this particular one good king wenceslas and going into a variety of other pieces because i had read about this this song yeah. it's one of the oldest popular christmas songs the other ones that are ones that you wouldn't recognize you know they have some ones that were from the <laughs> from the 4th century um when uh, they even have one that was uh, done and uh, uh, that they thought took place on the first Christmas celebration in 336 during the reign of Roman Roman Emperor Constantine the Second, But all of those songs we wouldn't recognize because they're all medieval. And even though you and I had sung medieval songs and magical choirs they're still not familiar and they're odd sounding. they're odd because
0: us. because uh, musical notation was primitive at the time and so you could have you could note a musical line but you would have no sense of what the tempo was or, or anything like that so people would just you know use the melody and you know the, there were a variety of different presentations of the melody because there was no other uh, uh Notation of how it was supposed to be
1: So uh, In my research I found out The oldest popular Christmas carol That we are still singing today Is the Friendly Beast Which was a song created More than 900 years ago And I was not familiar with that song And um, apparently It's been uh, Done Sung by artists like Garth Brooks and Johnny Cash and I listened to it, and I'm not familiar with the song, but then I listened to the medieval, and it's, it's hardly recognizable as the same song. Right. So that was interesting. But the, the really interesting thing to me is that uh, The Good King Wenceslaus. And it was written based on a 13th century carol from Finland published in the 1582 Finnish book Um, And I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Pie Cantiones or something. I don't know. Um, But the English lyrics were not written until 1853 by England's priest and hymn uh, hymn writer John Mason Neal, and they were set to the Finnish melody. But the interesting thing is the Finnish melody is from Easter time, not from at all from the the time that we recognized this melody uh, as our St. Wenceslas in the Christmas time. I actually thought it was interesting that they included, when I was reading about this, this song, and there, man, if you go to the Wikipedia on this, it's a lengthy history of it. Talks about who King Wenceslas was, as a martyr in the... He was a martyr and a saint immediately after his death in the 10th century. And then a cult of Wenceslaus rose up in Bohemia and in England. And it was mainly because uh, people felt that it was uh, a righteous king. You know, somebody who was doing noble deeds but also had the, the power behind it. Uh, but he was in his lifetime only a duke hmm. which was interesting but he did all these deeds of helping the poor right. and so anyway <laughs> so it's fascinating to read i really uh, i really recommend it to just look up some of these hymns and find out or some of the carols and find out where they come from because it's Fascinating histories of these things that have been floating around in our consciousness all of our lives, right. but they had an English translation of, uh, of what the original hymn, I mean the original carol was, that was written for the Finns, <laughs> the Finnish people.
0: For a springtime
1: thing. For a springtime, and it, and I just will read you the first two. There, there's more verses, but they're just lovely too. Spring has now unwrapped the flowers. The day is fast reviving, life and all her growing powers toward the life is strided. Light is striving. Gone the iron touch of cold winter time and frost time. Seedlings working through the mold now make up for lost time. Herb and plant that winter long slumbered at their leisure, now be stirring green and strong, find and growth their pleasure. All the world with beauty fills, gold the green enhancing, flowers make glee among the hills, set the meadows dancing. Yeah. So it shows that there were many melodies that were used to create the carols, and I just find that fascinating.
0: Yep, that is so. fascinating. That is fascinating. When really? I was a
1: kid, my mom always told me anytime I had a question to look it up. And, and I always have loved that advice that my mom had given because it has set me to a lifetime of researching. And the reason why is because you find out this stuff and it's so fascinating. And yeah. it's like finding little treasures all around. So. That's true. Anyway, this is a grouping of songs by Cherish the Ladies. And the grouping is kind of... I like the, the different names to put together. Good King Wenceslas, The Thrush in the Storm, The Hot Water Bottle, and the last one is No, I'm Liz Carroll. <laughs> Liz Carroll is an Irish fiddler, composer, and recording artist, and she was the first Irish-American musician to be nominated for a Grammy. So... um Anyway, I just thought that was sort of fun that it was. No, I'm Liz Carroll. I have no idea. Well, I'll have to do some research on that. Yes, song
0: now. you'll have to do that now. Yeah, but we want to wish everybody a merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. And
1: uh, although we have one more show before the Christmas time, we do. We do. Oh, we have um, because next Saturday.
0: Oh, it's Christmas Eve. It's
1: Christmas Eve.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see you then. No, we won't. We'll hear you then. No? No? And you'll, you'll hear, hear us, us then. then. Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> Enjoy the music.